0: Hello and welcome to Stock Stories, episode 123. Welcome welcome to the Stock Stories podcast. My name is Alex and I am your host and stock storyteller for today. Thank you so much for listening. Stock Stories is the podcast dedicated to helping you, the individual investor, make better investing decisions. And we do that primarily by looking at case studies of real companies, as well as mental models to help us figure out both the practical and theoretical sides of investing in stocks. Specifically, we're looking at the best companies that we can, trying to find the best valuations that we can so that we can make great decisions for our portfolio. So, again, my name is Alex. I'm your stock storyteller. Thanks for joining me. Today is a little bit of a different episode. Instead of going over a company or a mental model, I want to extend off of some concepts or a specific concept that uh, came from a listener question related to the company we talked about last week, which was Cisco. So without further ado, let's just get into it. All right. So Will uh, wrote in with a question related to Cisco. Uh, thanks, Will. I appreciate you sending me an email. By the way, if you want to reach out to me, you can email me at stockstoriespodcast.com or you can just send me a DM on Instagram. If you're on Instagram, it's at storyteller. Again, that's at stock storyteller. So Will, thank you so much for the question. I won't read the whole email you sent me uh, just for some of the biographical information. I didn't want to... Uh, mess with your privacy or anything like that. But here's part of the email. So you said, I work for Cisco, ticker symbol SYY, and we have an employee stock purchase program where we get a 15% discount. Now, I've been putting about 3% in the program for the last year or so without putting much thought into it. I would love to hear your thoughts into what might be the best indicators to look at when deciding to contribute, possibly more or less, how long to hold when to sell etc keep up the good work your show is doing a lot of good for the individual investor as both information and as an example for how to do research so well thank you so much for the question and thank you for listening to the podcast so i really appreciate it when you guys email me out there or send me a direct message i just love interacting with you and helping you guys out so just a quick note uh just because I have to say this, and a reminder that everything that I say on this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. I am not anyone's financial advisor, and I'm just speaking from my own personal perspective. Okay, so with that out of the way, for listeners who are not aware of what an employee stock purchase plan is, it's one of the benefits that some corporations have, and it allows employees to purchase stock in the company that they work for, usually at a discount. So, these programs, these ESPPs, as I'll refer to them, they're meant to incentivize employees to also become owners of the company, which can be a really great thing. We've talked in the past about how high levels of insider ownership within a company can create alignment between employees the managers and executives of a company, as well as the shareholders. So everybody wins when the stock price goes up, everybody wins when the dividends go up, when the profits go up. So you have this alignment effect, which can be really powerful and indicative of a great company culture. So I was excited to learn that Cisco has an ESPP. But truth be told, I've actually never worked for a company that had an ESPP. So I had to do my own research to figure out What exactly are these things? What are the benefits and what are the downfalls of these types of programs? So let's talk about it. So I looked specifically into Cisco's ESPP and yeah, you get a 15% discount off the market price. And then this is applied to the end of what is called the offering period. So the offering period is just a very specific name for saying, hey, the end of every quarter. So, at the end of every quarter, you get the opportunity to purchase the stock for 15% off. Basically, whatever the price tag is in the market, you get 15% off. Now, one thing about these types of accounts is it's not tax advantage. So, that's kind of one of the downsides. You don't get to like automatically save on your taxes. Um, but Cisco, in particular, they work with Fidelity to deduct money directly from your payroll. Now, since you said you're already contributing to this plan, you already probably know that, but uh, just something for the other listeners out there. So Cisco can put up to 10% of your compensation into this plan or up to $21,250 annually into the plan. So this scheme will vary very much depending on the company. Some companies may make allow you to put more or less or there's some kind of limits that you'll have to abide by, basically. So, up to 10% of your compensation is not really, not bad, not bad at all. So, the basic answer about ESPPs should you do it or should you not? I think the basic answer is that from my research, it seems like a good idea to invest if you believe in the prospects of the company. Now, naturally, if you're contributing to an ESPP, You have insider knowledge that many people don't have. People on Wall Street don't have. I don't have. Many people don't have. Many of the professional investors don't have. Simply because you are there. You're there on the ground. You see what the operations are like. You see what the office is like. You see what the leadership is like. You are in tune with the culture of that business. And because you're in tune with the culture of that business, you have a certain level of insight as to how the company is going to perform in the future that most people will never, ever see. So that is a huge gift. So make sure you pay attention based on your own experiences. And all the things that I said about Cisco in last week's episode, a lot of them are fact-based, and a lot of the statements I made also were opinion-based. Many of my opinions may turn out to not be true and may not jive with your personal experience working at the company but maybe they do. I don't know. Uh, But it just depends. So take your experience and run with it is basically what I'm saying. So if you believe that there's a good culture, there's a good company and good prospects, then an ESPP and contributing might be a good idea. Now, the truth is that even if you don't think the long-term prospects of the company are great, you can still make a lot of money with an employee stock purchase plan and that's if you buy and sell immediately. So really, it comes down to a couple of different scenarios that you can approach this with. One is the long-term method, and the other is the short-term method. So basically, either you hold the shares for a long time and treat it like a long-term position in your portfolio, or you can buy and sell immediately in order to capture some quick gains. So let's cover a couple scenarios to really understand what will happen in. These different scenarios. So first, let's cover the long-term method with significant stock appreciation. So let's say that you hold some Cisco shares for over two years after the beginning of the offering period. And if you do that, you'll get more favorable tax treatment. Now, since the stock is purchased at the end of the offering period and Cisco's offering periods end on a quarterly basis, which is when the stock is actually purchased, you'll be able to sell 21 months after the stock is actually purchased from the plan and then receive favorable tax treatment. So if the offering period starts in January and then ends in March, you will actually get the shares in March. And then two years from that date, you'll be able to sell with a favorable tax treatment, which is called the qualifying disposition. So the taxes that you'll pay in any scenario, really, are based on two components. The first is what's called compensation income. And you have this as a result of getting the shares for a discount. And then the other component is simply the gain of the stock itself. So naturally, when you get a gain from selling a stock, you have to pay taxes on that gain. So let's look at some specific numbers. Let's say that the stock is trading at $100 per share. But because you have the 15% discount, you get it for $85 per share. Now, in this scenario, let's assume the stock rises significantly. Let's say that it rises to $150 after just two years. So you'll pay ordinary income on the $15 of compensation income, right? 100 minus 85 And then a long-term capital gains rate on the $50 of capital gains income. So, the 150 minus 100. So, then you'll pay taxes on both components. So, let's say that you make $100,000 annually and you take maximum advantage of this plan, and that allows you to put 10% of your salary into this plan. So, that would be $10,000 over the course of a year. So, let's say that you purchase equal amounts of shares throughout the year, and there are four different offering periods. So, you would contribute once per quarter. And just for the sake of simplicity, let's assume the price of the stock is the same each time. So if you do this, you'll get an account balance after two years of over $17,647. So of that $1,764 is considered compensation income. And then the remainder is your long-term capital gain, which is over $5,882. All right, so stay with me with the math here. So let's say your ordinary tax rate is 25% and your long-term capital gains rate is 15%. So in the U.S. tax system, the longer you hold stock, the less taxes you have to pay on a percentage basis. So that's why you get that 15% rate for the long-term gain, 25% for your ordinary tax rate. So if you do the math on that, it all adds up to... A little over $1,300 owed in taxes. So that results in a gain of over $6,324. So that's not bad, not bad at all. That's a 27% annual rate of return on your investment. Now we have to compare that to what the underlying security did too, right? So the actual security, the actual stock went from 100 to 150 over two years. Now that's a compound annual growth rate of 22% annually. So you just got a 5% extra annual rate of return just because you bought through this ESPP. That's not bad at all. That's really good. And that's, remember, if you buy the stock, it appreciates significantly and you sell it two years later through this plan. So let's look at probably a more reasonable scenario, more likely scenario. So what if you did the same thing and you waited two years to sell, but the stock only moved from $100 to $110? So if you contributed $10,000 over the course of a year and you purchased shares at $85 with your discount, your balance would rise to $12,941 after two years. So you would still get a gain in there, just not nearly as much because the stock didn't move that much. Now, if we look at the taxes for that, you would still have $1,764 in the form of compensation income. And then the remainder of your gain would be your, what's taxed at your long term capital gains rate, which is about $1,100. So if you do the math on that, you would owe just over $600 in taxes in this scenario. So your net gain, after you count for all of your taxes, Would be over $2,323. So that's an annual rate of return of 11%. So also not too bad. And the underlying stock appreciated at just 4.8% annually because it only went up 10% over two years. So also not too bad. So you still gained a lot of money by purchasing through the plan compared with just. Purchasing it on your own in a regular brokerage account because you got that 15% discount So things are looking good Now let's look at a third scenario, which is really important too. What if you said, you know what? I don't really want to wait two years. I don't care about the disqualifying disposition tax rules I'm gonna buy and sell immediately. I want an immediate return on my investment So if you did this, you'd still pay $85 for the shares, but you would sell for $100 But the thing is, you wouldn't have to wait for any extra gain because you automatically have a gain. You automatically have a gain of 15%, right? So any gains in this scenario, though, will be taxed at your ordinary income rate. So both the compensation income portion of the gain and any short-term capital gains would be taxed at ordinary income rates. So in this scenario, the stock isn't actually appreciating at all. So you wouldn't have any short-term capital gains rate your tax would just be considered this quote-unquote compensation income, which is due to your discount. So let's say you do this, and you buy and sell four times throughout the year with total contributions of $10,000. So then your account balance before taxes is now worth over $11,764. But if you were to tax this at 25%, you would have $441 in taxes. So if you do the math and do the subtraction, your net gain after all is said and done is $1,319. So you put in $10,000 throughout the year and you get $1,319 extra at the end of the year after your taxes. So that's not bad. That's a 13% annual rate of return. Now, the awesome thing about this return is that it's pretty much guaranteed unless the stock happens to go down between the time that you purchase your shares and the end of the offering period, which is a pretty short period of time, then you're pretty much guaranteed to make your gains. I mean, it's not exactly guaranteed because of the timing. I mean, you can't buy and sell in the same day, but you're getting pretty much a guaranteed rate of return. So in summary, when you purchase shares and hold for a long time, you do get a tax advantage, but I would consider that minimal. It only really matters if your stock appreciates significantly when you hold it. Now, if you buy and sell immediately, you capture an immediate gain and you only have to pay a small amount of taxes compared to what you otherwise would have to pay anyway if you held longer. Because of the power of the discount, it's basically free money. Now, one thing I do want to address really quickly is we did not discuss if the stock goes down in value. Now, because of the weird tax rules, there is a possibility you would pay taxes on income that you never actually receive, which is called phantom income. And that's because the IRS still wants a cut of the money that you receive from getting the discount of $15. Now, in reality, this would probably be offset by a capital loss, but it really depends on how much the stock falls. For example if it falls below the discount price or not. So the thing is, you have to consider that. You probably won't have to worry much about that scenario if you buy and sell immediately and pocket the gain though. So here's what I would do. My default action would be to contribute the max to the plan and immediately sell at the end of each offering period. I want that immediate return. If I believe the stock had medium or long-term potential that was significant though, I would just buy and hold it. And I would consider the 15% discount a little bit of an extra boost to my returns. So that's how I would approach it. I would contribute the max that I can to the plan. Why not take advantage of it? You're getting an immediate return on your money. And then if you really do believe in the long-term prospects of the company and you're okay with just holding for a long time and you think the price appreciation will eventually be there, then you don't have to sell immediately. You'll get a little bit of a tax benefit for doing so and just treat it like a long-term holding. So those are the two things I would do. Either buy and sell immediately and just max it out or max it out and hold it for a long time. But most likely, I'm probably gonna take the immediate return just because it's pretty much guaranteed and the rules of the plan and the rules based on IRS tax rules from what I've read uh, allow you to do so. So I would definitely take advantage of that. So thanks so much for writing in and asking the question. It forced me to do a lot of thinking and research because I never really delved into this before. So thanks for helping me think about it. And I hope that any other listeners out there, you got some value out of exploring this topic too. So if you want to reach out to me for any reason, you want to talk about stocks or mental models or just to say hi email me at alex at com, or you can give me a direct message on instagram you can find me there at stock storyteller so thanks so much we'll see you next week